Hey everyone at Allen Park, welcome, welcome to our guests. If it's your first time, don't know what brought you here, what your previous church involvement has been. We're just glad you're here. And you came at a really good time to learn what our church is about. Because as the lead minister of our one church in two locations, I wanted to be able to speak to everybody today. All right, now, who among you is like me? You grew up in church, and you might even remember how you could get a perfect attendance reward pin for the year. No kidding. <laughs> perfect attendance. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I ever got one of those or not, but uh, I don't think too many people could get them these days. I mean, even before COVID hit, people's church attendance had already been in decline for quite a while. We've seen that in the stats, how regular churchgoers who used to attend like every week had slid to maybe attending once every other week or every two or three weeks. Whereas those who used to attend every two or three weeks, now we're attending once a month or once every other month. And so uh, now we're in a place where since COVID has hit, the attendance has gotten even worse. Obviously, you know, churches stopped having in-person attendance for a while. And when most of them came back, maybe a third of the people came back to worship in person. Another third maybe were watching online. But another whole third of people just went AWOL. They just dropped out of church and may never return. I mean, COVID has thrown us all for this loop because church is like this habit. It becomes the normal rhythm of our life and COVID threw us out of those normal rhythms and we got out of the habit. And so just like going to church is a habit, missing church becomes a habit. And it's not like maybe they even intensely wanted to start missing church. It's just they got in the habit of doing something else on Sundays or doing nothing at all. So look, attendance doesn't just slip. It doesn't just slide. It's an intentional decision whether to attend or not. It's your choice. And last week, which actually was last year, as we started this series on simple, we talked about the way to have a simple life is to begin by putting God first, right? Put God first in everything. And a simple way to do that is to give him the first part or first day of every week to worship Weekly, And if you missed that message, go back, watch it on our website, listen to the podcast. But we, we are in these strange times when people are not necessarily able to show up in person and worship every week. But if that's the case for you, don't let that be an excuse for bailing out. Like if for health concerns, you don't want to be here in person, understand that, but continue to engage weekly online with us. And when I'm using that phrase, simple church, what am I talking about? Well, just like we can complicate our lives, clutter up our lives with a lot of unnecessary stuff, churches can be complicated and get cluttered up with a lot of unnecessary stuff too. We can get caught up in a lot of good things, but not necessary or the most important things. And so we miss out on what church is supposed to be about. We get frustrated with the complexity of church governing structures and all the hierarchies and the committees and the meetings. We get, can get sidetracked from the cause of Christ by other causes. We can get distracted by the bells and whistles of uh, church stuff that really isn't related to the mission, that get away from the simple New Testament practices. So you know what? Each year, I think most times I begin real close to, to the beginning of the year with a vision talk. 
What's the vision of our church? But I got to tell you, honestly, I, I don't have a vision for South Point Church. You say, how can you not have a vision for our church? Well, because I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing that I don't have a vision because the Lord's already given us a vision. This isn't my church. It's his church. I'm not supposed to be bringing a fresh new vision to you every year. And I've heard this so many times. I've heard pastors and churches use this verse from the Bible, from the King James Version, out of context when they say, Proverbs 29, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I've fallen into that myself. People say, oh, you got to have a mission statement and you got to have a vision statement for the church. It, like, you know, if I don't bring you a new vision every year, somehow you're going to drop dead right where you're sitting. That's not what it says. I'm tired of hearing preachers, no matter how well-intentioned, claim to have this God-given vision when really what they're doing is trying to implement their own vision of what the church should be doing. So that verse from Proverbs really is better translated in the New King James Version where it says, where there is no revelation from God, the people cast off restraint. In other words, when we are not guided by God's word, people go wild. That, that is for sure true. So what we need is not a new vision from me. We need to be reminded of God's revelation of his vision for what he says in his word. And that's what this message is going to be today. It's going to be another of those regular reminders of what our church is supposed to be doing. That we don't get all complicated and cluttered up with things that aren't a part of God's revelation. But just human vision. And you know... When we think about all these businesses and companies having vision statements, and churches should have them too, right? Because businesses do. Well, think about it. Businesses are there to distinguish themselves from other businesses because they're in competition. But I thought we were supposed to be one church, one body, one team, right? We're not in competition with one another. We really shouldn't be different from everybody else. Now, the truth is, not all churches are biblical churches. And so they don't share the same faith or values that we do. Here, you're always going to find sound, orthodox, very uh, conservative doctrine. Because we're going to teach exactly what God says. Simple doesn't mean easy. And it doesn't mean shallow. It means sticking to what God says. And so we're not going to compromise on what God's word teaches. We're not going to dumb it down. We're not going to water it down. We're not going to make it simple in that way. We're not going to soft pedal what God says. We're going to stick to the word. Now we leave plenty of room for disagreement when scripture doesn't speak about something. Where scripture's silent, we're silent. But where scripture does speak, we're going to speak. And people need that. They need the objective truth of God's word, not the subjective dreams of any particular man no matter how well intentioned because Jesus already gave us his revelation in his word and more specifically he's given the church its mission statement we call it the great commission he said to his disciples in Matthew 28 make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit so right there we're called to bring people to Jesus to salvation which is summarized the shorthand for that is baptizing them and 
teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. So, helping them to become more like Jesus. Keep the main thing the main thing. That's our mission. Let's not add to it. Let's not take away from it. Let's not get sidetracked from it. We need uh, regular reminders of that mission is so that we don't end up wasting our time on unnecessary stuff and to drift into other things that God hasn't told us to do. I mean, recently I saw on another survey that when church-going Americans were asked if they had ever even heard of the Great Commission, you know what? The majority, 51%, said they'd never even heard of it. They don't even know the mission of the church. So what we need to do is focus on this very simple vision of getting lost people saved and getting saved people strong. Right, we're not going to be like a lot of mainline liberal churches that have drifted away from both the authority of Scripture and from the Great Commission and gotten very much focused on peripheral things, on moral reform, on social justice, on political activism, on charitable services. A lot of those things can be good things but they're not what God has called us to do. Biblical churches ask, what has the Lord called us to do? What is the main thing we're supposed to be doing? That's our concern. And you know, just like your life can be simplified when you understand the purpose, what God has put you here to do, then you can devote yourself, your resources, your time, your energy, your talents, everything, your finances, ultimately is directed to that purpose which is bringing the word of God to people, bringing them to be taught, to be discipled. It's to help uh, spread the gospel. It's to support missionaries. It's to start new churches. It's to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. And so we want people to not only be saved, but then to grow up and become complete in Christ, to be Christ-like growing in their knowledge of scripture and how to apply it. And so, yes, we're going to teach, we will admonish, we will encourage, we will uh, model and mentor and resource, resource people so that they can in turn do it for others. It's not just me doing it for everybody, it's all of us doing it for one another, making more disciples, making more better disciples too. So that's our big idea, is every one of us will be involved in making disciples. Simple. Not easy, but simple. Because after we know what our purpose is, then we can talk about, all right, how do we get that done? And there's a lot of freedom on how to carry that out with different goals and strategies and models and methods. But those aren't the vision. We already have the vision. We don't need ministry clutter getting in the way of what only the church can do and is called to do. And it's about making more and better disciples. So it's not about putting on the most entertaining services we can. It's not about producing the biggest events. It's not about creating the greatest social club that we can. It's not about cluttering up our calendars with more and more stuff, conflicting, complicated programs that have no real strategy. We just keep on doing them because that's what we've always done. And if we don't keep doing them, then somebody's going to get upset. That's not why we should do things. Being a simple church means we can't do everything that everybody wants us to do. And we probably shouldn't be doing everything because not everything furthers the mission. That's why, you know, we talked about that last week. 
What are we devoting our lives to? Why are we, if it's not accomplishing our purpose, why would we devote more of our precious staff time and volunteer time and offering money to things that don't help us do what God called us to do, that aren't effective any longer? You know, why would we keep doing those things? Well, the church, the church ought to do this. People said the church ought to do that. Well, really, should it? Is that what God called us to do? Let's not put an ought to things that God has not put an ought to. I mean, the, the way we express it here, our mission is this. It's winning downriver to Christ by creating Christians who are committed, connected, and contributing. It's clear. It's simple. It's not really just about downriver, but that's our primary responsibility. And it's really based on Jesus' two key teachings. We talk about the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. We've already talked about the Great Commission, make disciples. What is the Great Commandment? Well, Jesus was asked, what's the most important things I should do? What's the most important part of God's laws? And Jesus took all of those 600 plus laws from the Old Testament. He summed them up into two. Jesus was pretty good at keeping things simple, don't you think? Matthew 22, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So everything we do around South Point revolves around those three key relationships, loving God, loving your neighbor as yourself, which is really loving each other in the church and loving everybody else in the world. For three C Christians, everything is about discipleship. It's about following Jesus. And our strategy for helping people do that is to help everyone take their next steps with God on their spiritual journey. And we call that the next nine, right? Because there are three ways that we can do the three C's. For the three C's, there are, uh, there are expressions, there are environments, and there are extensions, right? Our personal expressions begins there. The church provides environments, and then we encourage you to extend that beyond the environments. And it's laid out like a tic-tac-toe board or a bingo board because all nine are important, and yet we don't all follow the same straight path. Some people say everybody's got to follow the same path. No, that's not the way life works. There's not a one size fits all for everybody that we take the same sequence of steps. But it's important that we all wind up in the same destination, which is to become 3C. So let's talk about that. The first C is being committed to Christ. That's our first key relationship. And we do that by inviting unbelievers to become Christians. Loving God, that's what loving God is Putting him first, and it begins with a commitment to Christ, making him the center and core of your life. We talked about last week, putting him first so that we don't become just casual, cultural Christians. So it begins with this initial expression of trusting Christ, repenting of sins, and being baptized. So baptism is the shorthand for making that initial commitment to Christ. He says, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What's the church do? We provide a growth environment for expressing that commitment through worship weekly. We gather to learn together, to pray together, to commune and fellowship together. We sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. We spur one another on to love and good works just like the first Christians did. Now, beyond that environment, we encourage everyone to have an encounter time with God daily where you read scripture, you pray, and you go further in your discipleship. Let's talk of the second C. That's being connected, connected to one another. All right, so we encourage and gather Christians to grow. 
We gather. That's how we love one another. We belong to one another. And that's a spiritual fellowship we share. That's a biblical community as we disciple and teach one another to obey all Christ has commanded. Now, it begins with expressing that connection by becoming a member of the church where you put down some roots in a local church and say, this is my church home. I'm a member here. Have you become a member of South Point yet? I mean, if not, then we don't really know where we stand with you and what our responsibility is to you and you to us. So I would encourage you to take our first step experience. The next opportunity for that is January 17th in the Trenton Auditorium where you can learn the South Point story, learn what your next step may be. And um, we will feed you well. We'll give you a good lunch. And we're encouraging you to sign up for that at events.southpointccc.com. That may be your next step is taking your first step by, by attending that. Can you go back to those early Christians? Acts chapter 2. It says they gathered together in the temple courts. So they had these large crowd kind of gatherings, but they also gathered together in one another's homes to eat together. So they had these small environments. And so here the church provides an environment called groups. Groups meet throughout the week. They are like your mini church where you really get to know one another and do life together. Unlike a crowd on the weekend, you're really experiencing that biblical community. So what I'm saying is simple church is ideally a couple gatherings per week. Once in the crowd, worship weekly, and once in a small gathering where, you, where you're, you're experiencing the, the one another's of Scripture. Pray for one another, build up one another, encourage one another. Now beyond that, and the extension would be a, a coaching relationship where maybe in addition to your group or instead of your group, you meet with one or two other Christians who can mentor you more personally. All right, let's go to the third C, and that's contributing to the world. We get Christians together on mission, loving everyone. That's our motive for sharing and spreading the gospel. Uh, the good news of Jesus, everyone has time, talents, gifts, abilities, resources to influence and impact others for Christ. And it begins with this lifestyle of generosity, just on a regular basis, blessing and sharing with others. But it happens in a focused way through the church when we give. Think about it. How many people have been come to faith or been baptized into Christ through the ministry of the people of this church? How many kids have been impacted through the ministry of this church? How many people have been challenged and encouraged and experienced life change because of the people of this church? How many are being fed physically and spiritually every week because of this church? So what I'm saying is I think it's a really good investment to focus our giving through the church. And you can do that every week when you're on site, you can use the give boxes, you can give online anytime, you can mail in your checks, but it, however you do it, it all goes to this third C. You're contributing to meet needs, make a difference, and impact people for Jesus, you know? And it's not because we want something from you, it's because we want something for you. God doesn't need our money. We need to give because of what it does in us. You cannot be like Jesus without being generous. Without, it's not about... It's not about you, even so much as what it does for others. That's why God has left you here to make a difference in the world, in this world of others. It's, it's your mission. 
Paul writes this to the Corinthians. He says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel, that you be excellent in this grace of giving. Now the church provides an environment for contributing. We call it teams, where you can serve others. But then we encourage you to go beyond the environment of the church go out into the world make a spiritual impact through your witness so that there can be more baptisms which is what we celebrate that's always the best thing so the challenge for you is to take your next step play blackout cover the whole board but pick one that you can do as your next step so how do we keep things simple in this new reality that we've entered into in 2021 because nobody really knows how to plan for this year what's going to happen no doubt we have turned a corner things have changed societally and we are not going back to the way things were before we cannot recoup what the church was so how do we continue forward now keeping the main thing the main thing in these changing times well, let me be clear that the nature of the church does not change. We're going to talk about that next week as we go through a four-week series on our core beliefs, the essentials of being the church. We're calling it Together Forever, about the nature and the unity of our one body and the one hope we share, the end times and the afterlife. Hope you'll be here for that. But let's talk about what it's going to look like this year in our three C's. So the first C is being committed. Well, we're going to continue to uh, hold in-person and online worship gatherings. We will continue to embrace being a hybrid of both physical and digital gatherings. Now, we have been doing online worship services for a long time. The purpose being to provide opportunities for those who cannot be with us in person or for those who are working or they're homebound, right? And this is something that has been a blessing. I wish... We could have had this for my dad. You know, for over 20 years, he was disabled and he was homebound. Man, I wish he could have had the internet where he could still have gone to church because he never got to go to church for the, all those years. So it's, this is a good thing to have. But what I would also say is, look, when this season of sickness ends, are God's people going to begin to gather in person again? Don't let a live stream or a broadcast become a substitute for gathering in person. Because church is more than something you attend. It's more than content that you consume. It's more than a message. It's more than a performance you watch. It is an experience. It is a participation. It is a fellowship. It is a communion. And so th this is where I think digital becomes a really good thing in terms of uh, groups. It doesn't work so great for worship all the time. I mean, we, we get tired of this. It becomes something that, you know, we're just in isolation watching something. And if we, if we just let it stay that way, then we are really changing the nature of what the church has been for 2,000 years, uh, of what it should be. Because I say if we continue just to do church online then it is going to devolve in something, into something it was never intended to be. I think people will disengage more and more. It will be devalued more and more. The church 
Those are the long-term unintended consequences if we gather, give up gathering together in person. So we're not going to try and reimagine or reinvent church to be something God never intended. We're going to try and restore what God did intend. I mean, because how many times have I heard people say, you know, online services are good, but they're just not the same, right? I mean, how can they be? You, you can't have the same experience. I mean, if you're going to just do church online, you may as well belong to some church in California where you really like their worship music or, or, or at the same time, belong to some church in Florida where you really enjoy some celebrity pastor's sermons if that's all church is going to be for you. But it, that's just going to church. That's not being the church. God designed us to be part of a local fellowship, face-to-face, -face, where we are actually with people. I mean, think about it. Online dating is okay for a while, but something's kind of missing, don't you think? How many students right now are struggling with online school? They're, they're disengaging, they're failing, because it's just not the same. And how many Christians are disengaging from the church, thinking that online is just as good when it, it's really not? Uh, so... Not only are we going to encourage that, we're going to encourage personal Bible reading. That you will study the scriptures for yourself. That's so vital. We're going to keep pointing you to our resources on our website to southpointccc.com encounter where you can find some good Bible reading plans. Get a good study Bible like the NIV study Bible or the Life Application Bible or get that YouVersion app on your device or go on BibleGateway.com. Even have the Bible read to you while you're doing chores, while you're commuting, but you've got to get into the scriptures for yourself. The second C is being connected to one another. So yeah, we're going to continue to offer both in-person and online groups. And you know what? Throughout the past Several months, we've been trying to stay more connected with our members by calling them up, by texting them to ask, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? That's all good, but that's a backup. Because the best way is to be involved in a group where people do know you personally and you, you're checking on one another. There's more personal concern. So again, I think digital is, is really good when it comes to the smaller group environment. Not so good with a crowd, but a group where you're still having these small face-to-face -face meetings, even if it is on Zoom or Google Hangouts or Facebook groups or whatever. Because look, we still want to be a church, not just with groups, but a church of groups where we're there for one another. And, and so that means we got to develop more leadership for more groups. And I'm going to continue to do Bible with Brett on Facebook twice a week. That's all good. But we want to encourage and equip you to start Bible studies and groups. Everyone can disciple someone else. Let's go to that third C, contributing. We will promote personal evangelism. We cannot rely on attractional evangelism like we have in the past all these years where we say we attract people to come and show up here because what we're doing here is, is a great thing and you want to invite people here, but we're not able to do that like we were before. It's not even on people's radars. They're not even giving it a second thought about showing up to church unless somebody goes to them and personally talks to them, shares with them, invites them. We've got to find ways to help you make disciples outside of our church gatherings. More of us sharing our faith more often in more places with more people resulting 
and yes, more baptisms. Now that may include serving outside in the community more often because there your work becomes a witness to the world. Your good works open the door for the good news that you can share it with them. But look, it can be as simple as just still inviting somebody to join you because that same survey, it also said 54% of Americans have never been invited to church. Think of that. The majority of people around us have never even been invited. So who do you need to invite, to bring with you, to share your faith with? Every one of us should be involved in making disciples. Disciples make disciples. Keep the main thing the main thing. And if you have yet to make your decision to follow Christ, I'm going to invite you, as I do every week, to make the best decision ever, to put your trust in Jesus, to repent of your sins, to be baptized into him. Because the good news is that no matter what you've done, you can be forgiven. Jesus came into this world to be condemned in your place for your sins. Out of his mercy, you will not get what you deserve, but instead by his grace, by his resurrection, you will receive more than you deserve. You will receive eternal life. You'll be going to heaven. So we're in sad shape without Christ, right? Without Christ in this world, we are without hope. We are lost in our sins. We are under condemnation. We are headed to hell. But with Christ, you have everything that God intended for you. You have purpose and meaning in this life. You have a clean slate and you, you know where you're heading. You're going to heaven. So meet with somebody out in the lobby after the service at the point or text that number 734-304-7248 or email us next at southpointcc.com and we will get back to you as soon as possible to answer your questions, to pray with you or to get you ready for your baptism, maybe even this very day or as soon as possible so you can get started in this new life. If you're already a believer, then what our response is going to be right now is to share in that communion time, to share in this simple meal of the bread and the cup as a simple reminder of the body and blood of Christ, the sacrifice that he has made for our sins. And if you're not yet a Christian, then just use this quiet time for some personal reflection. But if you're ready to share in this meal, I'm going to invite you to pray along with me. And then you're going to remove the the layer from the bread. You're going to remove the layer in that uh, little kit that you grabbed when you came in. And if you forgot to grab one, just know from here on out, grab one every week when you come in. And after you're done eating and drinking, you can drop that in the bucket underneath the chairs. Let's pray together. God, help us to be gripped by this great commandment to love you and to love others. And God, to, to, to be gripped by this great commission to make disciples. Would you lead us, Father? Show us the way. Open doors of opportunity. Place your hand of favor on, on, on our church, God. Uh, to, to, to carry out your purpose, to, to win down river to Christ, to make more and better 3C Christians, more than we ever have before. And that each of us will take next steps in our journey with you. And right now, God, to give some who are considering that decision to follow you, give them courage, uh, give them that, that confidence, that conviction right now to make the best decision ever to follow you. 
Continue to protect us, Lord, uh, to heal people who are in need physically, those who are struggling emotionally uh, with all kinds of issues, Father. But thank you for this communion that unites us into remembering what the most important thing is, and that's our relationship with you. Thank you for Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.